Rolling along into the happy hour. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris, everybody. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios. San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. And, of course, uh, some of the news on this Tuesday, of course, starting with the Padres. And looks like we will have some competition, Tony yeah. Gwynn Jr., for the uh, number four and five pitching spots. Michael Walker has agreed to terms, or the Padres have agreed with Michael Walker, however you want to word it. But uh, this is a pretty good pitcher, uh, you know, coming in. I, I think it's a solid move. The yeah. Padres have kind yeah. of waited patiently to add to their starting rotation. But seems like on paper, you know, if healthy, and I guess you can say that about pretty much any pitcher in baseball, but if healthy, Michael Walker can help this team. It's the kind of, it's, it's the kind of move that, you know, we had been talking about the Padres doing, and it just seemed like uh, they knew better, right? They knew they had time, um, and, and Michael Walker is, is is the perfect type pitcher for this for this Padre ball club, right? He added depth in a four, five, you know, six uh, rotation. Um, it gives you some options, and listen, you're not asking him to go out. And and be an ace here. You're asking him to come in and compete for that four or fifth spot in the rotation. And um, as we saw last year, when you have that kind of depth, it only as long as everybody's healthy and is pitching and eating innings. Guess who benefits come second time, second the second half of the season? Everybody, everybody, especially in the bullpen, right? Because that was the strongest one of the strongest things for the Padres down the stretch when they needed it, and. That was in contrast to what we saw the year before in which the depth was light, people got hurt, and the bullpen just, I mean, they did a bang-up job getting as deep as they did, but they ended up running out of gas. And I think this is a great move for the Padres. The other thing I like about Michael Walk is he's got postseason experience. I mean, this is a guy that if he, you know, sticks, if he's the guy and, you know, works into a role on this ball club, gets a starting spot, and you know, continues to be consistent throughout the season and ends up pitching all year long. He's probably not one of your big three for the postseason, but he could be a number four in the postseason. Yeah. He could be a, a long relief guy. Anyway, my point is he's pitched in the biggest stage before. He's been in a World Series. He's he's pitched big ball games when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I, I just think that that's important. When you're moving forward, you want to move forward with guys that have experience in places you expect to be going. Yeah, tw- 127 innings last year. It's not a ton of innings, but 23 starts. He had a 3.32 ERA, 11-2 and two in those starts. So, as you said, he is solid. I've I faced Michael Walker before, and everything is cutting. He has a he has a hard cutter. That used to be uh, one of the things that um, he used to his advantage when he was throwing harder. But he's always had a unbelievable changeup that he can use to get guys out. And so, um, you know, when you start to look at this roster, um, I think having those type of pitchers, having that type of depth. Uh, I think ultimately is the thing that you look at and and why you, you like this deal. Yeah, I think it's a good move. We'll see how it plays out going forward, but the Padres have added to their starting pitching rotation. Uh, the other news coming out of Peoria on this Tuesday, who is going to play right field mm. on opening day? 
Because it's not going to be Juan Soto. No, it's not. No, Bob <laughs> Melvin announced it. Thank you, Scraby. <laughs> Just want to make this dramatic. I didn't realize that he was... He hadn't been involved in this segment. He had to find a way to get yeah, himself yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, it's dramatic. <laughs> Sorry, we hadn't heard from you in like eight minutes It's there. dramatic. Yes, Juan Soto gets the call to move over to left field. So. All right, that I totally didn't need, but uh, you're overreacting right, beyond now. belief now. now. But no, Soto goes to left field, so obviously Fernando Tatis Jr. is probably going to get the bulk of his work in spring training in right field. Uh, that would be the logical spot for him. Who do you think is going to open the, 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 the season in right field, Tony? Obviously, Fernando won't be available. Um, number one, number two, Juan Soto goes back to where he started his career in left field. So you, this you almost like forget that that's where move. he was for a second, right? Because yeah. we'd, we'd only see him in right. But, yeah, he started off as a left fielder. And, and so he moves back to a place where he's comfortable. Um, and now Fernando can learn um, the right field spot. From my perspective, I always felt like left was the most difficult of the two corners. Really? Yeah, and so you get a chance to um, – at least from a fielding standpoint. I mean, obviously that's the that's the the, the longer throw. You stronger know, stronger arm, is in, right arm is in right field. Right. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of Fernando, he gets to lock in on you know at least in the outfield from an outfield standpoint, playing right field and, and learning the the nuances of that position. And so uh, I'm sure that allows him to have uh, some sense of clarity now as he as he moves forward into. Um, spring training and, and knowing what exactly he's going to be working on. This is really one of the worst-kept secrets of the season because I, I heard people talking about Juan Soto moving to left field with Fernando taking over in right field the day that Xander Bogarts was signed to play shortstop. Somebody somewhere was already making that switch. I, I don't know who it was, but I remember hearing about it. I mean, when everybody said, you know, you're Bogarts is going to play shortstop, so Fernando's going to have to go to the outfield. Where is he going to play? And I remember a lot of people were tweeting, texting, writing, predicting – yeah, Fernando will go to right, and Juan Soto will move over to left, and that's exactly what has transpired. I think Fernando still needs to take some fly balls in center field too. Um, you know, hopefully Trent Grisham has a bounce back season, but if he doesn't, then against left handed pitching, you're probably going to want to put him on the bench, and probably going to think about moving Fernando to center field if that's the case. Would you do that if you're the Padres, just in case? Have him work at both positions. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? I, I would You would just want him to focus on the one thing. Yeah, let him, as he's trying to already come back from a year of not playing baseball, Yeah. I think as opposed to trying to pile his plate with, with multiple things, allow him to settle in. Well, you, there's, listen, Fernando's the type of athlete that if you need to then move him to center, he'll be able to adapt no different than he's going to be able to adapt in right field. And, right. and so... Uh, I don't believe there's much of a chance that Trent Grisham has as rough of a year offensively as he did last year. And so any improvement on that, plus the gold glove center fielder he is, I, I could see why the Padres have elected to put Fernando in right. But that doesn't mean that at some point, that may even be in spring training, that they decide to get, at least give him some looks out there, but... Uh, I would, per, I think they're probably more likely just to let him work on a position that he hasn't played much of yet. Scraby, did you want to comment on that? 
Oh, he's not paying attention. He, he's, no, not. A he's not. No, it was a surprising <laughs> statistic for you. I don't know. It he was over like, here rolling around. It seems doing like you things. need. It seems like you need to comment every four minutes. So I didn't want to leave you out for too long. Did I? What did I do to Chris earlier in the show? Because he seems like I did something that I'm not aware of. But uh, I agree with Tony. All right, perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have one more question about that. Then, so you're done. What? Uh, no. no, you took your shot. I gave you. Did I, did I not you gave give him you, the shot? Wait, I, I do have a real question though. What is? I know that right field's the easier position to learn, but is Fernando's arm? I know it's good enough for right field, but is it useful elsewhere other than right field? No, I mean his arm is 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 good enough to be in right field, and once it's good enough to be in right field. It's good enough to be anywhere in the outfield. He can make that, that throw from the from the wall to third base. I would. I don't know that any right fielder can make a throw from the wall to third base. Mookie That's Betts can on the fly every time. Maybe not every time. Yeah, it's it's a long throw. I mean, put, could, these are questions that Bob Melvin needs to ask himself. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I don't, Bob, in case you didn't know how to manage a ball club, Mr. Scraby's got right. some tips for you. I, I'm, I'm, not, corner. I'm not sure that he has a, a Adamir Guerrero arm or an Ichi arm, but he's got a real strong arm. So uh, I don't. That won't be a problem. Yeah, I don't ever recall him doing anything other than a. 99-plus mile-per-hour fastball from shortstop to first base. So I think he'll have the arm for it. Uh, So that's the news out of Peoria. We will hear some more from Bob Melvin in our next segment, some of the comments and sights and sounds of Peoria with Bob Melvin in our our next segment. But, uh, Tony, let's get to some of the other goings-on in uh, the world of sports on this Tuesday, day after the day after the Super Bowl, and two more coaches are hired. The Philadelphia Eagles no longer have an offensive coordinator. Yeah, they no longer be- have a defensive coordinator. Shane Steichen, as uh, expected, has been hired by the Indianapolis Colts to be their new head coach. And uh, Johnny Gannon. Who? John Gannon. Is this any relation? Jonathan is, Gannon. Is, Jonathan Gannon. Is, Johnny is it, Gannon. Is there any relation to Rich? I don't know about that, but he's the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He looks formerly. young enough to be Rich's son. <laughs> yeah. These coaches seem like they're getting younger and younger. Or is it that we're getting older and older? Probably, yeah, probably both. I think the that's latter. It. Probably both. Um, anyway, uh, first thought is that the Eagles had a great season. They went to the Super Bowl. Makes sense. You hire guys that are hot. You get the offensive coordinator. You get the defensive coordinator. But they also both lost the Super Bowl, and once again, Eric Bieniemy is on the sidelines. And uh, another coaching cycle has gone through now in the National Football League. There's no more job openings. We have only one black new head coach, one black new head coach, and D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. Seems like other than Houston, nobody's hiring black coaches in the NFL. I, I, I think the league has to answer for this, even though they claim that they're doing everything they can to take care of this issue it still is an issue yeah no that's that's pretty apparent and you're right the first thought is man the eagles because of their success this year just got plucked two of their best coaches outside of sirianni uh on their on their entire coaching staff so uh can they replenish that is the question because we see often we don't often pay enough attention to it but you see these these teams have success outside of the dynasty teams, right? And they lose coordinators, and a lot of times that ends up hurting the team the following year. So we'll see how the Eagles bounce back. But I think to your to your second point, yes, another cycle goes by. Um, not that these two 
uh, young coaches aren't deserving of having a shot. Sure. But Eric Bieniemy certainly listen. I keep you know I, I keep hearing, uh, or you keep seeing different things on Twitter or different places about. Yes, well, people maybe, keep trying to make excuses just, for right. why he's not getting a job. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I mean. We see those type of things get hired all the time, regardless of of what transactions may have happened or, or, or things that may have happened in, in their past. But um, I don't think at this point there's no doubt that he's deserving of, yeah. of, a, of, a, of a head coaching job, and it's just – crazy that he's not getting one not yeah. even i mean he had an interview with the colts i believe but that's all i that's the only one i heard of yeah the colts decided to go with the losing super bowl offensive coordinator <laughs> rather than the winning super bowl offensive coordinator and that uh, seems to make perfect sense you know the other part of it is you know there aren't many black coordinators offensive or defensive coordinators so it's a trickle down effect because if you're looking at the coordinators for all of the top teams most of them are you're going to have to choose from are white the other thing is it, it, let's just say Eric Bieniemy's not the guy. It doesn't mean that there aren't dozens and dozens of other black candidates out there that should be considered for head coaching jobs that, for whatever reason, are not. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I mean, people of color in general. It doesn't have to necessarily be black. No, but that's that, right. That is that is what the highest percentage of of the NFL is made of, and that's why we're talking about it. But yeah. the other thing that that's I think is going to have to happen for Eric Bieniemy. I, I, I think at least the the next step for him is to move laterally away from Andy Reid. You at this point, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm trying to I'm trying to eliminate all excuses at this point. And the only thing that people can use outside of uh, of in terms of his credentials um, is the fact that he's under another. Andy Reid does all the work. Uh, right. He's not under another offensive offensive yeah. genius. So move aside from him and maybe, you know, take on one of these other teams like the Ravens or somebody like that. Now, we'll see how that goes. But uh, news for the NFL, still a problem, still an issue, something the league, you know, has been asked to address. Uh, people have been critical of the league for it. And yet another year goes by, and it seems like it's pretty much status quo. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. We are rolling into the happy hour, although that wasn't a happy subject. <laughs> we will hear a happy Bob Melvin coming up from Peoria, some of the comments that he had, some sights and sounds from spring training today. And we'll do that after a check of traffic as Gwen and Chris continues. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Yes, indeed. Into the 5 o'clock hour. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Log in and listen to 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app or on 97.3 The Fan SD.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets 
to Coldplay sold out show at Snapdragon Stadium on September 27th. Every hour you listen now through February, excuse me, through February 19th equals one entry into the contest. Uh, Padre, is that September, uh, September 27th of this year, or are they planning ahead for like another year? That just is so far ahead. The concerts- Chris said this yesterday too. He's very upset about. I this. am. Do concerts always get planned like seven months ahead they do. of time? They do. I Big think. One. I Big think. One. I think. Really? Considering the problem Ticketmaster has had with uh, good point, they probably it's probably a good idea to get started this early. Yeah, right. Ticketmaster. I just want to make. I just want to make sure if I win tickets, I get to go this year. Well, you can't win. These well, you tickets. know, I actually was going to go to the Rolling Stones concert years ago when it was going to be at Qualcomm. I mean, that was a long time ago, and they had. It was a year in advance I knew I was going to that thing. So. Yeah, and then why didn't you go? COVID. Ah. And then Qualcomm got torn down. So. Oh, yeah, that, no, there yeah. was two issues. I guess it's kind of hard to go to that, that concert. And now all the Rolling Stones are still with us? Yeah, go figure that. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty interesting. <laughs> the lifestyles of them. the rich and famous. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Especially that, those guys. Yeah. All right, let's talk some uh, Padre baseball. It's not true, by the way. The drummer of the Rolling Stones has passed. Charlie Watts. Yeah. So sorry, Charlie. But if you're thinking of the front guys, Mick and Keith are still going. Those two should. Never mind. mind. (laughs) Let's get back on track here. Uh, Bob Melvin, as we uh, played for you guys earlier, uh, spoke to the press. A lot of big news. Um, One of the things with the Michael Walker signing, um, all of a sudden that is in play, is that six man rotation and. Having some success doing that last year, Bob Melvin was asked his thoughts on using a six-man rotation uh, if they have changed since implementing it last season. Yeah, I think really what I learned was the feedback I got from the starters that, you know, it, it allowed them to prepare a little bit differently. And, you know, whether it was a higher pitch count that we were able to do with some guys maybe early on, um, but taking advantage of that extra day seemed to, you know, all our guys were, were, were on it. I was a little concerned about it early on. So, you know, you look at the, what do we got, 24 games, 25 days early on. Um, you know, do you, we rely on our starters. They were fresh at the end of the year. There were a lot of, a lot of things that, that popped up because of this. So if we were able to do it, I, I wouldn't put it past us doing it again. Yeah, uh, again, we talked a little bit about it last segment, but having that six-man rotation, and remember, it it, it changed, right? It was first part, part of the season, what was it? It was uh, Gore, it was uh, Snell, Musgrove, Darvish. Um, Nick Martinez was there for a Nick little bit. Nick Martinez, who was the sixth? Who are we missing? Clev? Clev, there you go. So you had those guys kind of rotating in and out, um, and then when we got to the second half, they kind of went back to the five-man rotation, and everybody was uh, everybody adapted well. For an old man like me who's patrolling my lawn, <laughs> the six-man rotation just—I I still can't—I can't grasp it. I, I mean, I grew up in an era of four-man rotations, and those guys—if there was a double header mixed in there. They didn't get that extra day off either. They didn't mix a fifth guy in to save their arms. And I know that nobody throws a complete game anymore. I know nobody throws over 200 innings anymore in the course of a season. But six-man rotation is just so lengthy. Uh, It it seems to me that it would be difficult for a, a starting pitcher to really find a groove. I mean, if you pitch on a Saturday... 
You don't get a pitch again until the following Friday. That means you're missing the end of one series and an entire next series before you even pitch again. It's kind of like in the NBA with the load management. I just don't think it's that necessary, but I guess the way pitchers are brought up now, they're they're brought up to be pampered. They're brought up to not really have to put any strain on themselves. And so a six-man rotation, when's it going to turn into a seven or an eight? All right, get off my lawn. Right there, I'm done. <laughs> Man, your lawn is, is cut. Your cut lawn is cut pristine right yes, now. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just got a six-man rotation. Five, I mean, it took me, you know, years and years to get used to that. So six, it seemed to work. It seemed to work, but I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Listen, I, I, at this point, I don't think it matters uh, in terms of five or four or six, right? I mean, it ultimately, the objective is to win. And if that is aiding in the Padres winning, I'm all for it. I think last year proved uh, – because, listen, I had the same worries that uh, Bo Mel did. Most pitchers don't like pitching on having that extra day. It, it messes up their rhythm. But uh, these guys adapted, and their feedback, honestly, is is what changed my mind on it. And once they came back to, to Bo Mel and were like, we feel great. That's ultimately what you want in order to go out – and get the best performances out of everybody. Uh, two of those dudes got paid because they were in some of they paid some of their best baseball down the stretch because I think they had some extra rest. And that doesn't mean they're going to do it, you know, throughout the whole season because they didn't do it the whole season last year. They did it for a segment of time. They got to where they needed to, and then they unleashed them. And so um, I thought that was, you know, I, I think the, the Michael Walker uh, signing allows for them to even consider it because going into this this uh, spring training they couldn't let's also talk a little bit about uh, the group of players right now these guys are in spring training it is not uh it is not everybody's report day right pitchers and catchers just reported here recently yesterday i believe it was so all of a sudden you look in that locker room and pretty much everybody's there, position players included. And Bob was asked what his thoughts were uh, of the group of guys that he has, considering how many people have showed up this early. I think everybody sees the team that we have here, you know, this year and what, what you know, where we came from last year. So I think, you know, a lot of guys are, are eager to get going again. We have, we brought in some, some high-profile guys again this year to add to a group that went to the NLCS last year. So... Everybody's hungry to improve upon that. I can tell you from personal experience, when you got guys showing up like that, it creates, it just creates a, a certain vibe that sticks for an entire season. I, I had this experience in 2010 here in San Diego. That team showed up, and I'm talking about everybody was there and was working. Week two weeks before spring training even got going, and that led to a, a a really good season from that standpoint. That roster that was presented, I love this. I love the fact that these guys are there early. I just love that quote because in the background there were sounds of a ball hitting a bat rather than <laughs> a truck. I know <laughs> what that is. Helps. Me. I know what that. Oh, <laughs> Bob Melvin's carries around a bat with him. I noticed that the last spring training he just taps it on the ground. It's like. 
I don't know. He does have he, he does have a nervous twitch when he talks. To yeah, it's, it's sure. funny. It's funny. But yeah, you're right. At least he's not breathing in all that carbon exhaust. Monoxide. Yes, <laughs> from yesterday's press conference. <laughs> Good for him. No, I, I definitely enjoy the fact that uh, these guys showed up early again. Like, I saw them uh, in the outfield doing drills. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts is there. That's the thing. If you go early, and they see your face. Like, you're locked in. Like, you are saying you are ready to go. So there ain't no showing up one day and then, like, taking the next day off, even though you don't have to report. Like, once you, you show up, basically the doors are locked. It's so, time to go to so work. So it's a voluntary, but not once you show up. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to go to work at that point, Chris. Now, those guys are doing their work. I'm just reminded of Edger and James, the old running back, when he was supposed to go to a voluntary workout camp and he was uh, out Sailing his boat around oh, yeah. Miami Beach Harbor, and oh, somebody caught right. up with him, and he said, right. I didn't learn much in college, but I did learn the meaning of the word voluntary. <laughs> and it says, I don't need to be there, so leave me alone. Andrew James, yeah, a legend. Classic moment, classic moment. Uh, Bob Melvin, I think that we talked about it a little bit earlier today, but one of the, the newsier notes that came out of the, the scrum today from Bob uh, was the fact that Fernando was going to most likely be taking balls in right field, not left field. And um, the question that was posed to him was, were there any lessons learned from Jerickson Profar last year being able to play left field consistently? Is that something they may model Fernando after? We still have to get through spring, and then there's 20 games before, if we're talking about the same guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's open to anything. But could it benefit him to have that consistency of being in one place? I don't think so. You know, look, I think the outfield, you know, we, we talked about it too. He hasn't played in, what, a year plus. And shortstop's a pretty taxing position. He's had two surgeries this year. I don't know that the outfield takes a little off his plate, uh, some as well. But, look, from where he's come from, he just wants to play and contribute and get out on the field and does a lot of his damage with the, with the bat in his hand. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't sound like their Padres are too worried about it. Correct? No, I, I don't think anybody's going to be too worried about it. I mean, Fernando's good enough to play right field, and that's where they're going to put him. And, you know, the Padres may, I mean, I don't know, I'm not expecting him to win the gold glove out there, but he doesn't need to win the gold glove no, out there. No. Just make plays and hit 40 home runs and steal 30 <laughs> bases, and you'll cover up for whatever defici- defensive deficiencies you might have. So he should be okay. All right, let's uh, get to break. If you missed it earlier, Yonder Alonzo joined us earlier. We talked Padres. We talked his brother-in-law. We talked a little bit of everything. More Gwen and Chris on the way. One thing we don't talk a lot about on this program, for good reason, is soccer. Oh, man. Sorry, all you soccer fans. I know, but... (laughs) Don't go that route. I know they, you know, look, Tony's, uh, Tony's got soccer tonight. His daughter's playing in a, uh, in a, uh, playoff match. Good luck to Mount Carmel high school. Uh, but I look, soccer is always, I, I think it's always going to be what it is in this country. Just a niche sport. I know soccer people hate to hear it, but, but more people, more kids play soccer than any other sport. Yes, but that does not translate to them growing up to be gigantic fans of the sport. Just hasn't happened. I'm getting into the Premier League. How about the Champions League? 
I don't know much about them. Don't know much about that. Well, you know what they do in the Champions League? They take the top teams from all of the leagues. Uh, oh, yes. And they match yes, them yes. against each other. Yeah. And today there was a big, big matchup in the round of 16. Bayern Munich, mm. one of the great German yes, I knew that. squads, took on Paris Saint-Germain. I've heard that team, too. One of the great French squads today. And I didn't realize this, but... PSG, as they're called, yeah. has on its team... Don't they have Mbappe? Mbappe, Neymar... Messi? And Messi. Yeah. All of them are on the same team. That's pretty crazy. I did not realize that. The two best players in the World Cup and then... Neymar. Neymar, yeah. Yeah, other than that, PSG appears to be struggling for talent. Anyway, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, they played today, Bayern Munich... Wasn't impressed. They shut out. Whoa. Paris Saint-Germain. 1-0. Come on, Mbappe. I know that's a shocking soccer score for you there. 1-0. Kingsley Coman. Coman scored the only goal for Bayern Munich. Wow. So there's, there's your soccer update for the day. Mbappe has been coming off of an injury, but uh, he did play in the second half. And uh, gave a little life to PSG. In fact, he scored two goals. Both were disallowed because of offsides. The offsides thing is is a bummer. That's a frustration, yeah, man. That's I a mean, bummer. that's. I mean, yeah, it's so hard to score a goal, and then you finally score one, and you look over, and there's some little six foot or four okay. foot seven guy no. holding a flag out saying, "No, no good." No. <laughs> I hate those guys. I, I always have their little straw hats on. They no, don't, no, no good. I, Doesn't count. And you're like, come on. I don't think that they have they have those guys running anymore. They have computers watching. But the only time offsides is a bummer is when like it's just barely offsides. Right. I agree with offsides. That's actually offsides. Right. If the guy's standing thirty yards behind the defense, just waiting for the ball. But yeah, for for the rest of us that aren't hardcore soccer fans, offsides can be quite frustrating. Yeah, quite frustrating. It's not like it's not even like getting a touchdown called back in a football game because you can score a touchdown on the next play. Exactly. In soccer, they take away a goal. Take away you're a like, goal, you may and never you're not get scoring. another yeah. shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Bappe had two goals taken away today. On uh, I on love offsides. that name. Killian Mbappe. Mbappe. Killian Mbappe. Yeah, well, he didn't uh, he didn't help today. PSG goes down 1-0 to Bayern Munich. There's my soccer update for all you fans out there. Back to some Yeah, Nick King, give me a little credit. I gave some soccer results. Uh one last baseball note to add on to the day. Talked about all the rules changes and everything and now they're the ghost runner is definitely coming back. Major League Baseball said today it plans to emphasize enforcement of the balk. Oh, I still Apparently, don't really know what it is. You still but, don't know what it is. I mean, yeah. I know what it is, but... I, Either of the umpires. Okay. Don't worry All about right. it. You're good, not alone. Good. All right. Uh, last year, 122 balks were called. That's the fewest in a full season in 50 years. Mm, wow. So Major League Baseball says, oh, we got to start calling more balks. Hey, baseball, remember this whole notion about you want it to be more entertaining, more exciting, more fun, free-flowing. 
No one tunes in to see a balk. <laughs> so let's maybe table this idea to call more balks. Well, no, I guess it puts people on base or moves people moves on base. Moves runners up a base. What happens if there's no one on base? Then you can balk. You can balk all you want. You can kind of balk, yeah. All right. All right so there's your uh, late breaking sports information. One other thing, Eric Bienemy, we talked about it last segment that. He might want to make a lateral move mm-hmm. to another offensive coordinator position. Yeah. Apparently, there are reports that he is thinking of doing just that, and he could become the next offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Name oh! and logo. <laughs> what? Yeah, they should still be the the FT. Love the FT. I do too. But Eric don't Bien-Aimé, like the Commanders. Eric Bieniemy's don't go there. Don't go there. It's a terrible place. Well, if he goes there and calls some plays and they win some games, maybe at long last he'll eventually be an NFL head coach. All right, let's check traffic. Then our interview from earlier today, and it was a good one. Baseball, Padres, Yonder Alonzo from MLB Network. Joining us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline, MLB Network's own Yonder Alonzo. Yonder, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Not much, man. Doing fantastic. Uh, Happy to join. You uh you've been you've been flying around the world. That's all you in the Dominican. He bouncing <laughs> around, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going uh, on the network. I see you kind of following the is it the Dominican team for uh, the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of everything. I mean, they uh, set me out to do a few of the uh, Latin players. Uh, you know, specifically the Dominican guys because they were doing a, a few of their things there for Albert Pujols, and uh, it was called La Leyendas. Uh, it's, it's basically a softball game, all-star festivity type of thing. Um, it, it's basically, in, in English, is the Legends game. Okay. And, uh, you know, they had everybody, man. I mean, Vladdy Guerrero, Manny Ramirez, um, Albert Pujols, David Ortiz, plus all the other players. Um, Sandy Alcantara was involved as well, who, who, who got the Juan Marichal Award, which that is basically the most valuable player for the Dominican Republic team, which 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 is a big deal. Um, got to do that, got to do some profiles on some guys, uh, and it, it was fantastic, man. It was uh, a unique experience, an experience I'll never forget, um, but definitely uh, trying to show the world kind of where these guys come from, their backstory, you know, how they live, how they grow up, and, and the reason they play with that flavor and that love that we all love to see. Yonder, how important is the World Baseball Classic to these guys? I mean, you just taught, you touched on it a little bit. In the United States, I get the feeling that the players who play for the U.S. team are going to put everything they've got into it. I think a lot of the fans will get into it. But I don't think there's the same intensity here as there will be coming from the Dominican Republic and some of these other countries. Well, you know, it's it's a fair question. And I think it's it's a question that, you know, the, the more we see the WBC, right, the history of the WBC, I think we're going, what, on 10, 15 years of it right now. The existence in itself is uh, quite young. But for these guys, it, it's, it's a World Cup, basically. And I know the World Cup just happened in Argentina. We saw it was like the, the half of the, the, the world was pulling for Argentina and, and kind of the other half or, or maybe just a small country was pulling for France, right? So it, it's a huge uh, honor for all these players, not only just the Dominican Republic, but Puerto Rico. You got Cuba, you got Japan, China, uh, Korea. You know, you got sneaky Colombia who's coming up right now. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. I love what they're doing right now with WBC and and just in general. I think it's a win for baseball. And and when you have all these uh, international players being able to be a part of it, like Venezuela and Acuna being a part of it, whether he was going to play or not, and now he's going to finally play, it it just brings a lot of excitement to everybody. 
Yonder Alonzo, MLB Network, joins us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. And Yonder, obviously here in San Diego, there is high expectation for this Padre ball club. Offensively, when you look at this this the this possibility of the lineups that Bob Melvin can can throw out there, where do you see the best spot for for your brother-in-law and Manny Machado? Because there are so many talented dudes in that lineup. Where where's the big dog go kid at in this lineup? Man, I I, I don't know. Bob's gonna have to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And, and what a great problem to have, right. right? If you have a problem like this where you have six all stars in a lineup, it just strengthens the lineup. Um, you know, for me, I'm more of a guy that that you know they're gonna score runs, but can can we get 27 outs mm. consistently? That that for me you know, speaks volume of what type of team you have. When you can defend the baseball, when you can run the bases, and you can pitch, you're going to score runs. And, and that, that's not really a problem for me. Yeah, you're going to go on some highs, you're going to go on some lows, no question about that. But consistency defensively, consistency on the mound, that's got to be a top priority. And I think for Bob, being a catcher, understands that. And, you know, we learned last year, right, the history of what happened in the playoffs and the teams that won it. What happened with Houston? They had the pitching. They yeah, had they the top did. dogs. They had a great bullpen. And they can defend. So if you can do those things, you know you're going to play tight games, especially in the postseason. you got to be solidified that. And, and I definitely think we have all the athletes for that for that problem to, to kind of go away. Yonder, I want to ask you some Padre questions, but I can't avoid asking you while we have you on the show. Could you just tell your brother-in-law to sign an extension with the Padres so we hey, can man. put that all behind us and move on with the season? Listen, man, I, I'll just say this. To be continued, right? I mean, no, nobody knows, and uh, and, I'll, and I'll just keep it at that. You know, AJ's got all the power, and, and obviously uh, ownership has all the power in that. Uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to say uh, Manny's had incredible years in San Diego. Uh, I think the future is bright for, for Manny. He, he, he's a young player with a young body, a, a guy that really takes care of his body, his mental side of the game, and you know, we've seen him kind of grow up, right? Yeah. We've seen a guy who, who came into the league, you know, at a young age, 19 years old, and now we're seeing a guy who who's Adrian Beltre 2.0. And if you wouldn't want to have him for, for the rest of your career, well, you know, I know, I know there's a, a team lined up for them, right? There's, there's a lot of them lined up for him, and, and, and I'm one of those guys. I'll be lined up for him. All right, what do you want to play, man? <laughs> so, you know, I think for me it's, it's a matter of just – going out there and, and, you know, taking care of your body, producing and having fun, man. You know, there's, there's, there's so much talk nowadays about these contracts and yeah. all this stuff. Manny's not like that. Manny's a guy who's when they say play ball, he forgets about everything and he goes out there and wins. Yes, he does. Yonder Alonso is with us. Yonder, well, real quick, what do you think of these new rules that baseball's instituting, uh, pitch clock, et cetera? I mean, take us back to when you played. I mean, how much of an effect would this have had on you at all, if it had any at all? Well, geez, I mean, I... I you know, I wish I could curse, but I'd probably still be playing without the stick, right? <laughs> uh, 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 man, listen, let me tell you something, man. Your dad used to tell me all the time, hey, hit that hole, man. Hit that 5-5 five, five hole, man. Or, or, you know, man on first, try to pull that ball and roll over. Get yourself knocked. But, hey, man, that that, that was that was cut short real quick. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's good for baseball. You know, I think we're going to see more athletic guys than, than we've ever seen before. Uh, I think you got to be – it becomes an arts – uh, around the bases as well again you're not just going to have a guy that's 6-4 playing second base and just put him out there and see what technology does to you you got to go and create some plays and, and, yeah. and try to steal some outs and I think that's going to be great for baseball the bags are going to be okay I, I don't think that's there's going to be that much of, of you know they're saying oh we're going to steal more bags no I don't necessarily think that um, but but I think it's going to create a little bit of a trickery 
for middle of the infield guys to to have that space where they can turn double plays and things like that. But I think it's great. I think the timing, you know, guys are probably going to, you know, kind of be bothered by it the first month or a little bit in spring training. After that, man, it's second habits, and I think guys are, are going to welcome it. You know what? In a 6 o'clock game, man, you'll be out there. You'll be out of the, out to your house to go get some dinner by 845. I'll sign up for that. <laughs> I'd rather watch that than a 6, six o'clock game. There's nothing worse. Than, I'm telling you, man, there's nothing worse than watching a Padres game 6-10 start and being out of the stadium by 10.30, 10.45. I mean, that is insane. Yeah. But but it, for me to be able to watch that and have these guys go out and produce and go out and play, it's going to be fantastic. That was uh, my life and Jesse Agler's life most of last year getting out of that stadium. <laughs> I'll tell you guys because I've told, I've told Yonder. Yonder already knows this. My dad was Yonder's biggest fan when he was here in yep. San Diego. They had many, many conversations Oh my goodness! Uh, and and listen, Yonder, it, it brings me to this question because you mentioned Manny and him taking care of his body, and him having a young body even at the age of thirty thirty one. I mean, what else is next from him on on the baseball diamond? Where, where else? What else? What else can he eclipse at this point? Because to me, he's the most consistent in all of baseball. You know what you're going to get year in year out in terms of average homers, RBIs every year. You get the same thing. What's next for him? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, he makes it look so easy, um, like well, like your dad did. And But it was very difficult. We all know how hard this game is. But he's he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's a craftsman, man. This guy started hitting as soon as he got back from, uh, from, from the postseason. I mean, he took a couple weeks off, and then he was hitting it all over again. So this is a guy that, you know, we, we're always talking. We're always trying to improve, especially, you know, how they were trying to attack him early on to in the year to later on in the year, what happened in the postseason defensively how can we get better um this is a guy that throws long toss every day so he's trying to get better with that as well uh and, and it comes down to health right it, this is a guy that man it, he he is he is so smooth but but you know with closed closed doors man this guy is waking up at 9 30 in the morning has a team behind him getting ready to play every single day and like he, do, he used to tell me this at 20 21 years old you got to invest in your company and mm. your company is your body if you don't invest in your company you have no longevity in your company and if you're able to do those things, good things are going to happen to you. And surely not, he, he's he's been tremendous at that. Yeah, good things have happened to the Padres ever since he arrived. Yonder, appreciate you coming on, brother. I, I know I'll catch up with you at some point hey, during man. the season. Anytime, man. Anytime. I, I, my my door is welcomed uh, for for your show and anything you guys need. I will. Now that you said that, we're going to have you on quite a bit this year. All right, Yonder. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Yonder Alonzo, MLB Network, on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall, Chevrolet. Find new road. Yeah, good uh, wrap-up interview there. Yonder Alonzo from the MLB Network. Kind of uh, putting a bow on uh, the Tuesday program. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello. Matt Scraby will all be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Rate the radio call Wednesdays. Also, get you set for Aztecs basketball. They play at Fresno State tomorrow night. The latest from Peoria, it's all here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Have a good rest of your Tuesday evening, everyone, and happy Valentine's Day. It's still not too late. (laughs) Still not too late, some of you on your way home. You know what I mean.